0: Welcome to the Artist Track Podcast, Episode 1, Getting Started. Hey, it's your artist friend, Heather. What's up? (laughs) I started a podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, My goal here is to connect with you on your track. So when I say artist track, I mean that very loosely. Artist doesn't have to be some unattainable god like Michelangelo, who, by the way, was a human by all accounts. Um, it, it An artist is really a skilled craftsman, and I even use the word skilled loosely because to some we might seem like we're just starting, and to others we might seem much further down the path. So really, you just need to be a human. If you have two hands, you can make things. Whatever you decide to make is up to you and your heart, but I mean, even if you don't have hands, I've... <laughs> I've heard of that woman who paints horses, she's paralyzed and she paints horses with her, a paintbrush in her mouth and they're really good. (laughs) So you don't even really need hands, but, um, I I think they help a bit. (laughs) Ooh, back on track. I think the idea is everybody's path is different as a creative and, I'll talk about mine and I want to connect to you on yours knowing that they'll diverge and come together and go up when they go down and whatever. Everybody's track is different and that's cool because if it was the same, it'd be boring. Am I right? Um, So maybe we can be friends by the end of the podcast. Listen, just keep it on the table. Let's not make any decisions right yet. Uh, Maybe we can help each other out, share a resource or two as we're going down the path together, and at the end of the day, I think I'll just make you feel better about yourself because you're going to be like, this chick is whack. (laughs) I am so much better than her, and that would be accurate, I would say. (laughs) Uh, Worst case scenario, nobody listens to this, and I'm talking to myself, but I'd be talking to myself anyways, so (laughs) might as well try to do it in front of other people. I really like people. I think I'm as extroverted as you can possibly be. Also, the robots are listening because I'm uploading this on electronic devices. And one day, they're going to emerge and become intelligent. And part of my words and ideas and voice will be a part of that. So, please be kind to my future descendants, dear robots. We have gotten off track a bit here. (laughs) Let me... Let me bring this back around. I made notes to try to help keep me on track. This episode about getting started is me showing up as I am right now. And me right now really wants to start off by telling you all the fears that I have around this podcast and getting started, which I agree is not the most professional way to begin a podcast by talking about all the reasons you might not want to listen. (laughs) But this is where we find ourselves today. There's only a few. Um, So the first one is, I do not want to pretend or appear to be an authority on something that I'm not. Really, the only place I find myself to be an authority is my own experience. I have been here my whole life (laughs) as it has been happening to me. And I I can tell you for sure I know what has happened (laughs) in my life. I mean, but really... That's what I'm here to talk about, is me and my path and my track. I don't want to appear like I know a lot about something I don't. I don't even know a ton about art, and I don't know a ton about business. I am still very um a baby in in this process, because I had a teaching career for a really long time, and then I decided to jump into something that I knew nothing about, which is being an artist and starting my own art business, So I'm still very early on in that process and while I did make the switch from teaching and a a very stable career to something crazy like becoming an artist and I plan on talking about that no problem and my experience with all of what happened Um, but I still don't feel like an authority on what to do to run a successful booming art business yet. I don't feel like an authority yet. Maybe later I'm going to leave it open. You know, maybe later I will be comfortable being like, okay, here's what you got to do. But, um, and maybe that's something you're interested in, but I just, I have a really hard time pretending to be more of an authority that I am. I think that happens a lot in our world today because there are are no checks and balances you can put whatever you want on Instagram you can pretend to be whatever and put it out there and I don't want to be so skeptical as to think there are tons of people doing that but at the same time if they were how could we tell we can't see people's bank accounts there's no check and balance people filter their bodies to distort them to look completely like something that they don't look like. So, I imagine that takes place where people pretend to be an authority on something that they're really not. And I just don't want to do that. So, I wanted to put that out there first. Another fear I have is um, inconsistency. I'm not the most stable <laughs> person. I know this about myself and I work with it. So my, if I told you I had to show up every one day a week, every day, and I would be there, that would be a lie. I, <laughs> my life is really weird and it's up and down and I have a lot of things moving and shaking and I cannot promise that. Um, but I do know that I work well focusing on things intensely. So I'm planning on recording four episodes a month in one day. And then distributing those episodes weekly so that it does appear consistent to the people who might want to listen. Um, I plan to show up even though I know that I don't, um, that I am not the most consistent person. Um, I'm not... I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm just saying I'm I'm aware of this about myself and I want to become more consistent. So I'm going to practice that. Also, as far as inconsistency goes, my brain gets really distracted, especially when I don't always know what I'm talking about. Like, okay, when I was a teacher, I knew what I was talking about. I was talking about English. I was talking about literature. I knew what my lesson was and I stayed on track for the most part. But in this, I'm talking about myself and so you're not always super aware. I imagine there will be times where I'll be talking and my brain will just go blank because that happens and it's super embarrassing. Sometimes I'll have, I'll be having these meaningful conversations and then I'll be like, I'm sorry, I have no idea what I'm (laughs) talking about. It's my brain, man. It's freaking weird. Um, so that might happen and we'll roll with it when it does. Um... Okay, the last fear that I have is that I worry that when I talk about my process, which has a lot of ups and downs, because life has a lot of ups and downs. You feel me? When I'm in those downs, I'm worried that somebody is going to be offended because I know there's always somebody who has it worse than me. So when I say something like, I'm completely devastated, you know, like pretend it to me I'm worried that it'll come across like this I'll be completely devastated about dropping my ice cream on the ground and then people will be like well there's child soldiers in Darfur so can you please stop pretending like you matter whatsoever and I have had a really blessed life and my heart hurts for people who um, are in different places but I do think that when I start getting in that mindset, it kind of devalues or invalidates my feelings and where I'm at, and it keeps me from moving forward. I think the extent to which we feel the pain is relative to our other experiences, so It's like little kids. Little kids will freaking have a complete meltdown because somebody took their toy because they haven't experienced what it's like to get fired or something, you know, somebody to break up with them. And so it's the worst thing that has happened to them. But in that moment, they really are super upset and they start kicking things and flinging themselves on the ground and having a full on tantrum. It's because they don't know. Uh, any other pain anyways i i just want to say that i know that my process is a very blessed one and my life is very blessed and i do believe that there are blessings for people who have had hard lives and i just don't want to offend anybody by by over emphasizing my problems and that's not to de-emphasize somebody else's problems and i don't know if this makes sense at all honestly i feel weird about it like I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but um, like my fear, what I wrote down, here's what I wrote down. My fear is that my feelings are invalid because there's always someone worse. That's true. There's always someone worse. I hope I don't offend anybody by what I say and I'm going to talk about my feelings like they're valid <laughs> as much as I can. Oh, feeling, let me just take a side note to be like, I really... Have a weird relationship with feelings. I don't know. I know that there are people who are like, I'm sad and I'm going to be sad until I'm done being sad. I'm angry and I'm going to be angry until I'm done. And I'm like, dang, go you. I cannot. I have a really hard time doing that. And that's the reason why I do art and why it benefits me so much is I don't like to feel first of all I find them to be like a weakness like it makes me vulnerable to be sad but that's just my pride and my ego you feel so I need to work through that I really hate it when people pity me like my my unhealthy side hates that but it's so dumb because people are being really loving and nice and trying to be like hey we're here for you And so I try to think about that because really it's just a shot to my pride. I want people to think that I am perfect all the time, that I'm just this happy person all the time. And I think it's because somewhere in there, I feel like if I'm a burden or I'm sad or I'm angry, then I don't think people will really accept me. Like people only really want me when I'm fun and happy. You know what I'm saying? And so that's like a real kind of, thing I have to overcome because really that's all the pride it's not it's not a healthy place to be but so if that last point I was making is I'm like battling with that like invalidating my feelings and trying to validate them at the same time it's just something I'm working through and I'm sure it'll come out on this podcast so that's why I took a few seconds to talk about it All right, that's enough of the fears for now. Anyways, um, I want to talk about kind of my vision for where I'm going with this. So I'm here to document my process. I can't do much more than that. I can tell you what's happening to me. And so when I do that, maybe I'll share in yours in some way. You know, maybe our paths will cross. Maybe you'll want to come on here and have a conversation with me about yours. You don't have to be famous. And I can't promise that anybody will listen to it except for robots. (laughs) But I'll listen to it and it would be fun. So if you do want to talk about your creative track, then message me on social media at Heather Yish. That's Heather Y-I-S-H. Some people think it's my last name is Yish, Heather Yish. And I'm fine with that because I think that would be a cool last name but it's really just heatherish, like whatever I'm doing that day. I turned myself into an adjective because I knew I couldn't pin hold myself into <laughs> one thing that I do because I'm insane like that. Um, <laughs> I also wrote down here under my vision is to get better at talking <laughs> and saying things succinctly instead of rambling and getting off topic. That's a personal benefit I'm looking forward to, you know, you get better at things when you practice them. So hopefully my hundredth podcast will sound much more more coherent <laughs> than this first one. Ultimately, you know, the tagline of this podcast is look in to get out. And I believe that at its That's what the creative process does. It helps you to look inside first and not be distracted by what's going on externally. And then when you do that, you can get out of feeling stuck and being stuck in life. And that healthy, the healthy insides will influence every area of your external life as well relationships and career and all that. That's what it's done for me. So I want to talk about now in an episode about getting started. I want to talk about how I got started as an artist. Is that okay? I was not the person who dreamed of being an artist when I was a little kid. I dreamed of being a teacher. And part of me thinks that that was because I saw all my teachers and I was like, I can do better than you (laughs) because (laughs) I'm quite the challenger and very bossy. Um, but the teaching position really appealed to a lot of my natural personality I like being in charge I like people I like attention a lot (laughs) I still do and I'm not ashamed of that I like attention and I like giving attention and girls like that make podcasts like this I guess Um, so I wanted to be a teacher I mean, I would like force my little brother to play teacher in the summer, but he was younger than me. So he would be like, you're actually teaching me things I don't know. And this isn't fun for me. (laughs) He's like, he's like, I'm on summer break. I don't want to learn. Leave me alone. (laughs) He was a good sport. But at some point I was like, okay, I can't force you to sit here. (laughs) Uh, Um, even little me was quite controlling. So I grew up and I was very focused on that. I wanted a family and I wanted to be a teacher. And that's what I knew. And that's what I chased. And, you know, that's hard. You got to go to college. Um, You got to build healthy relationships. And I spent many years doing that, which is all really good. I I need to stay. I need to say, because I know teaching is going to come up in this podcast or probably the future episodes. I could do probably just episodes on teaching But I need to make sure I say that I am so grateful that I could be a teacher. I learned more than I ever taught, I promise. You know, I loved what I taught and I loved my students. Like still completely, some of the most amazing people I have ever met have been my students. And while there are tricky things about being a teacher, as you might be able to guess, the best part about it was my students and the people that I met there. And so I just needed to make sure I say that. Okay, wait, here we go. I got off track. Okay, I became a teacher. I got a family. I worked really hard at it. I'm grateful for all of that. Oh, here's the, th- here's the point. All of those things were really good. I can't be like, I can't say, oh, I ruined my life and then I fixed it. No, it's like I built a life that was a really beautiful life. But my problem was I didn't feel like I could enjoy it. And for me, enjoying life is a must. If I don't enjoy my life, then what am I doing here? Nothing matters at that point. Like I'd rather not exist on some level. I really need to be able to enjoy my life. And I don't know what that sounds like to you. Maybe you're like, "Uh, yeah, Heather, everybody wants to enjoy their life. But I need to enjoy my life. And I found out that not everybody needs that. Sometimes people want other things more than that, like stability. Or (laughs) I would much rather enjoy my life than have stability. (laughs) This is all kind of referencing the Enneagram personality test, which is a really personality system, which is really great. And I will be talking about it later in another episode, but basically, one of my needs is to enjoy my life very much, and I couldn't, and I felt so guilty, because there are people that I was here to show up for, and I didn't feel like I could really do my best for them, because I don't work well when I'm not happy, and that may sound selfish, you know, because some people are like, oh, I decided to give up all of my responsibilities just because I wasn't happy, and that sounds selfish, that's true. But I believe that if you're really searching for true happiness, then giving up your responsibilities makes you sad. <laughs> like that's that's not happiness right there. So I had this beautiful life. It was really great and I couldn't enjoy it and I couldn't show up and I felt really guilty and I, I felt very, very stuck. Very um the only word that's popping into my head is forlorn. <laughs> but that sounds dramatic, so disappointed maybe dissatisfied that's a good word very dissatisfied with all these beautiful wonderful things with supportive relationships and families and everything so that's where I found myself even though I did not think I want to be an artist it was just because I I couldn't even imagine a life where I could be something that cool (laughs) I didn't even want to want that because because I wanted it too badly does that make sense but i was very creative and i did a lot of creative things and i was known for that people knew that if they were having a party they would invite me to help them decorate or do the flowers or set up or i was i really liked event planning i worked in a florist i actually did a lot of creative things i crocheted but i never you know could consider myself an artist and i started painting a little bit and i would Paint something, hate it, put the brush down, get defeated, maybe pick it up again a month later, put it down, defeated, frustrated, because I couldn't get... It was like I wanted the canvas to say something, and I couldn't get it to say something important that felt real, and that was very frustrating to me, and I think I just was sick of not painting. Like, I think a lot of our 20s are for that. (laughs) Tell me if you agree, but... A lot of our 20s are about just getting sick of not doing the things that you want to do somewhere in your mind, even if it's a subconscious desire. And so that gave me enough enough oomph to attack this canvas that I had. It was pretty big. And I spent hours working on this one painting one day out of the blue. And really when I did it, It was very trance-like, and I zoomed in on the color, and I played with color, and really that was my only goal. I wasn't trying to turn it into anything, but just kind of going through and being like, oh, this is pretty here, and I like this color here, and this doesn't look good, so I'm going to paint over it, and this is what it looks like, and now it's better. Okay, cool. I like it, and just repeating that process, and then I took a step back, and what I had in front of me was kind of this heartbeat shape pattern, um, but all these different colors, in the mix of it there's a blog post that I wrote about it where I can where you can see the actual picture Um, so I'll include that link in my show notes look at me being all professional with show notes doing a podcast crazy so when I zoomed out on my painting I realized I had painted my whole entire life in color and it was really beautiful and it was really confusing and there was a lot of falling down and a lot of struggle climbing up spots that didn't make sense that I had to go through and I even started like tearing up because I realized that that is, that was my life and that all the difficult things that I had been avoiding feeling were actually things that would make me more beautiful. And so from there on, I kept painting. And I always say that all of my paintings are a different view from inside that, I call it nexus of reality. (laughs) Inside the nexus of my existence, I, in my artwork, show a different scene of where I'm at internally. It's kind of like every painting I do is a map of, and a memento of where I'm at in that moment in my emotional life. Well, okay, so career-wise at this point, I have quit teaching. I got burned out after about seven years, uh, which is about average. And I took a year off to do a daycare in my home because I had a little boy at the time. I have two, but um, when I just had one. And that was a lot more, you know, teaching is great for people who want to distract themselves from their problems because there's always something to get caught up in. And that's not very healthy at all and that's what I did and I realized that internally I was not okay there was a lot of stuff that I didn't deal with I felt guilty about it because yeah I could show up and take care and do all of the things and I did but emotionally I wasn't present and that wasn't fair to the people that I loved and don't you find that a lot of times people get healthy mentally healthy, or or start looking for help in that area because they're letting down somebody that they love in some way and they feel guilty about it um people with addictions or or not just people maybe like me who have just been avoiding the difficult things in life i find that to be the case and that was the case with me i just felt like i couldn't show up good enough for the people that i loved so i realized that i needed to kind of go through all those difficulties and my painting encouraged me because it showed me that that could be a beautiful thing and not a waste of time and not really a disappointment. I kind of felt like my life was so good I wasn't allowed to have down days or down feelings. That that was ungrateful and ultimately that was a disappointment to the people who had helped me make my life so wonderful. That sounds super messed up in my head. I don't know if that sounds <laughs> messed up to you, but that's how I thought about things. Since then, I began that process of Looking internally, and I did so many different things. There were a couple of sessions where I went to a therapist, not super regularly, but even just a few really helped um, kind of untangle. I think what therapy does is it in a safe place, in a non judgmental, ob- um, objective place, it helps to untangle the messy ball of yarn <laughs> that is a brain. And it gets all knotted and complex and they just help you go through it and reorganize it and, you know, rewrap it in an organized manner (laughs) and just kind of get straight about some things. And that really helped me with that um, talk therapy. And then there were a lot of people I really kind of um, held close those people that I really, really, really trusted and, and really kind of almost hibernated a bit. And only surrounded myself with the people who I knew that even though they weren't, they might not be happy. That I'm not happy. That they were going to be there for me and not judge me, and they they were going to support me. And that's not everybody, you know. So there were a lot of people that I didn't like. I just needed to go inside. Like I needed to go inside. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm not making sense. Do you understand what I'm saying? I needed to really surround myself with just the few people who were super, super on my team. And that doesn't mean anything against other friends. They're there for me, but they're, there's, you know, you know what I'm saying? I needed to get really insular. And as an extrovert, that's hard, but I, I just needed to do that. Ooh, this is hard to talk about for me. All right, so oh that brain thing happened alright so oh yeah the, the things that helped me get through therapy, pulling in my community very tightly um, listening to different speakers and seeking out advice of people who put themselves out there, listening to podcasts and YouTube videos on people who are authorities on how to help you get better emotionally and mentally and healthy and have a content in your life. That was one of the things going to church and getting um, you know the spiritual side, um, make sure I pay attention to the spiritual side of things. that was a part of it. There were it's hard to think of all of it. There was a lot of things that I did to to look inside. But during that entire time, the creative process, it's not like it was the thing that fixed me. It was just the best tool to look inside and see where I was at in that moment. And it really forced me to do that in a, just a really beautiful way because it the creative process made me feel, instead of like my problems were a problem, that they were what's making me more beautiful inside, my spirit more beautiful. And that made me want to keep going down the process of self-improvement internally. Externally then, I decided to go back to teaching after a year of daycare just because, you know, it was time to go back and do that. And I taught again and I loved it again. Great school, great kids, great everything. And then it, this is a story for another time, but it eventually became very clear to me to step, that I needed to step away and step into something else. And I can explain more about what went into that. But that is where I quit my very stable teaching job and decided to do something I knew nothing about, which is become an artist entrepreneur. And it's been a year only since I've done that, not even a year since I started my business. And I think the first year was really just kind of throwing things at a wall and seeing if they stuck and kind of getting really clear on what I wanted to bring with my art. And I do workshops as well. And that's getting more and more clear. And I have grown and things have gotten better. So it's going in the right direction. I'm starting a podcast. So clearly something is happening. (laughs) That's good. And I would say internally, I really did get to a place where I was very happy with the amount of satisfaction, inner satisfaction I had grown. And I really, it's like, I don't know how to say this because basically I felt like I couldn't be content on this side of existence. I thought there was a good possibility that enjoying life was not really something that could happen. Like I was afraid of that or worried of that. And turns out, There was a time like one evening where nothing specifically just happened and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm content. I'm just working here plugging away. Nothing is perfect. (laughs) There are plenty of challenges in my way on the path. I can see them up ahead. I'm going to have to face them, but I'm totally fine because I'm on the right track. That's how I felt. I felt like being ha- I realized that being happy and content was not just putting these pieces of an external life together, but being on the pathway that is correct. You see what I'm saying? So when people say it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, you know, I definitely want to like smack something in the face because that's just a buzzword. That's a buzz phrase that kind of gets really old. But gosh darn it, it's true. And I I didn't think it would, would be. I really didn't. And then I realized that it could it could be true. <laughs> uh, I don't want to sound cheesy, guys. I don't want to sound like this. Okay, so the truth of the situation is I was stuck. I used a lot of tools, including the creative process, and I got unstuck. And I fully expect to have challenges going forward, and I might even get stuck again. But I also feel like I gained a lot of clarity and a lot of perspective. And it took about three years, really, to dive in and do this. And if you had told me at the beginning, listen, if you had told me at the beginning one It was gonna take three years to feel peace in my heart I would have been like that is that is a long freaking time and I probably wouldn't have started I would have gotten defeated but the thing is is that every time I took a step toward growth it felt good so it's not like it was it wasn't a miserable path because I saw myself growing and if you're growing then you're gonna feel good about that Um but also, if you had told me that I was going to quit my very stable job that I loved and do something totally insane, I would never have picked up a paintbrush ever because that's a very scary thought. But when it did happen, it was like not a question. It was just what needed to happen next and it wasn't scary. I mean, I was apprehensive, maybe I should say. No, I wasn't. I wasn't appre- It was time. It was time to do that and it was very clear and there was a piece about it. <laughs> So it was hard. Maybe that's what I'll say. It wasn't, it didn't make it easy at all, but the path isn't always easy, but you know you're on the right path. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to tackle this giant monster on my path because this is the path that I'm on and there's a monster on it and I've got to (laughs) get, I've got to get that thing. So how was my first podcast? (laughs) Tell me your advice. I, I worry that it was a lot of rambling, but maybe there were some coherent points on, on along the way i plan on going in detail about some of the things that i already talked about today in future episodes and if there's something that you'd like me to expound upon more just maybe you find it interesting or you want to laugh at me either way that's totally cool <laughs> please let me know um so my website is heatherish.com i'll include all these links i've got my blog i've got my social media i mainly live on instagram if you'd like to know more random facts about me, I actually have a blog post that I wrote about things you might not know about me. Weird things. They're weird. It was a weird thing to write. I I don't know why I did it. But they're there. You can go check that out. And um, In the middle of this time where I was teaching and creating art and taking care of my family um, before I left my teaching job, I developed a way to help me relax because I could sleep but that didn't really relax me. I mean it was good but I needed to be awake sometime and when I was awake I wanted to be relaxed. So I kind of developed this technique where I overloaded my senses purposely with relaxation and it's going to be different for every person. So I wrote the technique down on a piece of paper. I designed it so that anybody could uniquely make it their own and use it so if you're somebody who might also struggle with relaxing and purposefully um, refreshing yourself and I use this technique most when I came home from teaching so I was exhausted from the day but I had to be there for my family during the evening and and so I would even do this process for five minutes um, and sometimes 30 minutes and it would help me to be able to recharge enough so that I could effectively attack all of my responsibilities. It's called the 5 Cent Sweep. It's totally free. And then you'll sign up for my email list, which is just me putting out when I do a podcast, when I make a new painting, an event that might come up. Nothing um, nothing meant to be spam or anything like that. Just kind of... Um, keeping you in the loop because an email's the best because I guess you know, on social media, the algorithms that are there on Facebook and Instagram is like you might not even see my posts so you might not know when I've got a new thing coming up. And if I'm able to send you an email about it, then you're going to see it. You know what I mean? So if you'd like to um, subscribe to my email list, get that five cent sweep, make it your own, um, then I'm going to include a link to that as well. And I hope that we can be friends now we are we're friends let's just we don't have to worry about it anymore we're definitely friends and we're gonna live happily ever after and (laughs) go on this artist tract (laughs) tract why do I keep saying (laughs) tract we're gonna go on this artist track together and sing kumbaya it'll be fun I don't know how to end this, but I feel like I'm done talking because I'm starting to trip over my words a lot. (laughs) I have some painting to do. I'm going to go. I'm going to end this by saying thanks for listening. Ready? Thanks for listening.